0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John the Baptist is presented to us today. And it's good for us to remember that he is the central figure, not just of the second week of Advent, but of the whole season of Advent. And in particular today, I uh, will look to him to teach us, A, how to be poor... And B, how to be spent. And thirdly, how to be rich. How to be poor. There are three ways that Christians might be poor. Some happy, some not. There are those Christians who voluntarily renounce everything. To imitate our Lord and Savior who voluntarily was born into a poor family. Some of our fellow parishioners who have done that have their pictures and names on the bulletin board on the way out. On the left, overseeing the distribution of photo directories and calendars, are five of our young fellow parishioners, either in religious life or in the seminary, very worthy of your support and your love and your prayers, maybe even letters, and definitely worthy of being followed by others and more from our parish. Now, there are those Christians, though, who are poor involuntarily, who wish they had things to renounce, but they don't. And believe it or not, we have, even within our zip code, parishioners who who fit into that category. And as you begin to figure out mortgages and second mortgages and uh, limited income and how that could all go awry, you can imagine easily how um, people in our neighborhoods could all of a sudden really need our help. And thirdly, the non-optional way for Christians to be poor is to renounce everything, at least in principle, so that we don't belong to the world as we live in the world. The second reading from St. Peter alludes to this. The heavens will pass away with a mighty roar and the elements will be dissolved by fire and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be? It reminds me of what a a wise old monsignor taught me in Rome many years ago with regard to money. Spit on it and use it. Make sure that you own it, not that it owns you. And make sure that it goes to a good purpose. Make sure that it not only serves your purposes, make sure that it serves God's purposes. And so the second chapter is St. John the Baptist teaching us how to be spent. He came preaching and people came to him, but he also did an inventory and made sure People really were repenting of their sins, and they showed the fruits of what they were claiming to be doing. If you took a sneak peek in the bulletin, which I know some people are wont to do before Mass, you would have seen the annual financial report from last fiscal year. There is no coincidence that it happens to go Inside the same bulletin that has the announcement for the blood drive uh, for next week. (laughs) So, three things about the annual report, which comes with the accompanying annual ask, of course. First, within the, the small framework of St. John's over the last few years, we're doing very well, and we have a lot for which to be grateful. But within the larger framework of parishes, and parishes in our area, parishes that I know well, whether it be my brother's parish, Father Hathaway's parish, parishes that are near bankruptcy, or parishes that are paying off mortgages, or parishes that are saving for something important, I'm very mindful of the fact that those parishes run their operations and still are spending a lot of their money on things that don't have to do with day-to-day operations, Which always is a reminder to me that we should be able to stretch things a little bit further. And the great generosity that you show should, should bear even more fruit year after year. And as that needs to grow, so too our, our numbers need to grow. There always needs to be a constant effort to try to grow. The second... Observation about the annual report and the annual ask. Usually it happens earlier in the year. You may have noticed that. Usually it happens when I'm wearing green. This year I thought it might be better not to be wearing green when I ask for money. It is, in fact, more appropriate to do it during the Advent season, the penitential season. Not as severe as Lent, but still the penitential season. When we focus on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's usually followed the next week by that awkward moment when I tell you to take that form in your pew and the golf pencil and ask you to fill out what you think you can give to the church next year. We're going to forego that this year. Now, if it blows up in my face, I'm sure the diocese will tell me next year that I have to do it. I, I don't expect it to blow up in my face because we already, at this time of year, are taking stock of what we spent and what we have left. Whether it be as uh, a household or as a business, we're looking at the calendar year and, and, and looking at how we spent our money and what we have left before we either... Uh, burn the rest on Christmas shopping or on some capital expenditures, and some people will take notice of perhaps something that they need to give away so that the year ends the way they want it to end. And I'm sure you, like me, have been hit up already by charities that want that, you know, end of the year gift for tax purposes. The third thing to observe about the annual report and the annual ask is how the biblical standard for giving is so self-understood that it's never really defined or explained anywhere. It's just simply a term that's used frequently. All throughout the Old Testament, we see the word tithe mentioned, which just simply means a tenth. Our Lord cautions us in the Gospels, don't be too proud of having spent a tenth, whether it be, you know, in the form of mint or cumin or whatever else, gold or coin you got. Don't be too proud of yourself because the Lord doesn't just want you to uh, set aside some. The Lord wants you to give your whole heart. So it's a worthy activity at this time of year to add up everything that we give to everything that's important. Certainly it's not all spent on the parish. Some of it goes to other things that are local. Maybe next week's second collection for Catholic Charities, which in this diocese is increasingly worthy of our support. Or Bishop's Lenten Appeal next year when I will be sticking a form in front of you and asking you to pick up the golf pencil and fill it out during Mass. Or perhaps a favorite religious community, a favorite monastery. For instance, Father Hathaway and I are trying to help the the good Dominican nuns in Linden, Virginia, pay off their mortgage and and build a real church. Or it could be other things further away and, and far more needy. as i tell my mom and i as i have told you before and as i've already told you several times that i tell my mom if you receive something from a group whom you don't know just throw it away don't be don't hesitate don't 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 feel guilty not only should we be intimately knowledgeable of who these people are what they do how they spend your money but it's even more desirable to actually be involved And how that money is spent. And so, to that end, it's very clear that the parish is the the principal way in which we engage in the mission of the church. Not just as the nearest location to which we send money, but the most natural way in which we participate in the work of our Lord. So I would encourage you to add up all the, and I'll do the same myself, add up all the things that you give to all the different worthy causes and see if it does add up to 10%. It might, it might not. But in that inventory also, give it a little bit of scrutiny. Who are these people? What do they do? And if they really are worthy of my money, how can I be more involved in what they do? The third thing that St. John the Baptist can teach us is how to be rich. How to be generous with the overwhelming abundance of gifts that God has given you. He is not stingy with mercy. He extends that to everybody. And we also have this embarrassment of riches with, with which we need to be generous. So at the end of the letter, I ask you to do three things. One, along the same lines of what I just mentioned, please commit to being involved in at least one apostolate in the parish. At least one. It might be something pertaining to, to women's council. It might have to do with the school. It might have to do with religious ed. It might be CYO. It might be the smoker. It might be something else. But the parish isn't the place where we principally get our needs met. The parish is the principal place where we get involved in the work of the church. So please do that. And that goes hand in hand with prayer, staying in the state of grace, receiving the sacraments, learning the faith. That's all part of our mission. The mission of the church is to sanctify us as we sanctify the world. Secondly, please extend this invitation to others. It's been offered to us free of charge and we need to offer it to others free of charge as well. Yesterday on St. Nicholas Day, appropriately, St. Nicholas being famous not only for punching out Arius, the heretic who intimated that Christ is not God, but also that anonymous benefactor who made sure that the children in his, in his uh, diocese weren't reduced to slavery. We saw... Twelve parishioners, replete with Santa Claus hats, go out into the neighborhoods, many of them seventh graders, and they visited 212 homes. Remember that doorknob hanger that I gave you in your bulletin last week? And it was in the most unlikely of homes that they were invited to come inside, a home where where someone's dying of cancer, who invited... them to come in and sing to them, And so they sang the Salva Regina and a few Christmas songs. Well, we still have a surplus of these door hangers, so please take a few. And realize that we would need to apologize for not inviting people, whether it be to the beautiful music that we hear so frequently, or the great parties that we have, whether it be tonight or St. John's Feast Day or Mardi Gras next. Our neighbors should feel offended if we don't invite them. And we need to remember, too, that a lot of American Christians don't have the Catholic understanding that you already belong to a church by virtue of where you live. They actually expect to be invited and accompanied when they move into a new neighborhood. So be generous and extend that invitation. And lastly, of course, please see what you can do to increase what you give to the church. Everything's more expensive every year, as it is for you, and it is for me. And as you seek to do that, I'll seek next year to try to make it even more fruitful. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.